When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. than ever it's the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com now here's the entire sooner scoop crew carrie josh eddie and bob all right welcome back it is the unofficial 40 podcast right here on soonerscoop.com podcast where we've got the entire crew ready to go it's been a busy week Coming off of signing day, so uh, we're uh, recording this on a Thursday. Apologies for being day later than usual, uh, but we had to. Uh, we had we had some stuff to tend to yesterday, and that was signing day. Uh, had a live stream last night. That was a lot of fun. Uh, appreciated everybody being a part of that, and it was a new experience. We were had live comments, which led to a pre-show fight between me and Eddie, as usual. So um, I was. I'm just a tyrant, Josh. Like I'm just. I, I feel like I take everything out on Eddie. And poor George just sits in the corner like, you know, mom and dad are fighting. And it's that's awkward. But I enjoy the awkwardness. That's George is on my team. I was just ready to get <laughs> up and running. So was I. That's the thing. We're both trying to get to the same goal. But you don't support me. That's fine. Uh, no, because we don't need to hear from other people. We don't need to hear from uh, the comment section. I thought that made the podcast or the uh, live stream. I thought the content. Made I, the, I the enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I thought it, it ended up being really good, and you know, I thought the ticker stuff down on the bottom that you worked uh, tremendous, basically through the uh, the middle hours of the night, oh god, uh, getting done. That ended up being really good with the stuff that George and I did. All of the uh, content on uh, National Signing Day. It, it's just so weird. Like we talked about it last night, that it just feels like National Signing Day in a way. Unless you have one of those guys that you're waiting to hear from, it's just kind of become. Another, Another day. day. It's not. Yeah. It's not the the national signing day that everybody was used to in Unl- February. Unless you've had a lot of upheaval in your program, like Florida. Uh, yeah, sure. Where, you know, people- which isn't good. I I would much <laughs> rather have no news. Yeah. Than losing five stars by the you know basically Bushel. by the minute. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, look, it shouldn't surprise us. I mean, this stuff is is. I mean, how long was DJ Lagway committed to Florida? Two years. Yeah, and he ends up signing with it. He ends up I mean, signing he, with Florida. He flirted but, with Oklahoma I mean, for a while. If, I mean, if, they, if Billy Napier would have lost him after losing uh, the defensive uh, lineman, that, well, Rashada a yeah. year ago, you might be looking at a coaching change in in uh, Gainesville right now. Could they do that? That that that's not probably this to think late, about. but my God, it would be not good, and especially with that schedule coming up next year, it, it's incredible to me. I know that we mentioned it last night, but. Florida losing a couple commits. They end up with the top 15 class in the country. They're ninth in the SEC. I still have my, a hard time wrapping my head around just kind of everything that is going to be. Uh, we're going to get more to that. Uh, I, I did want to say something kind of off the top here, and it's something I addressed last night on Twitter. And it, it was spurred on by uh, Dylan Gabriel's tweet that uh, he put out the other day where he was just 
looking intensely in the camera. Uh, and, you know, I think it's it's to the point I, I always wanted to address it. And then I think when that thing came out, I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I basically said I apologize to Dylan Gabriel. Um, look, I would say this, and we I, I hate going back in the past, and we'll be done with it after this. Uh, we are going to talk to Dylan Gabriel today. Uh, he'll be on the YouTube. He's going to meet with uh, Eddie and, and George to do a little interview. And uh, here's the thing. When when all that – you go back to last Tuesday uh, when the Sooners were out practicing. Caden Green was packing up his shit and leaving. Uh, it was – it sparked this crazy set of rumors and reports and, and all this stuff of what was going on. Uh, because then we found out essentially that Caden Green and the NIL people, whoever those people are, had come to an understanding of what he would be getting paid. And apparently somewhere along the, the line, there was some talks. You know, I think I would best describe it as, you know, he had a, a one-on-one with Brent Venables. And, you know, something happened in that meeting that made him upset or, and I think it was just Brent being a football coach, kind of giving him the, Hey, you know, now that this is all settled, you got, you got to be a better player because, you know, you're talking about, you know, being one of the highest paid guys on the team and we don't want to disrupt the locker room, you know, and, and you've got, you look at your performance. I mean, you've got to be a better. I think it was something, I'm not saying that's what it was, but it was something along those lines. And I think Caden Green came out of that meeting thinking he doesn't think I'm worth what I'm getting paid or something. And, uh, you know, and then it turned into he relayed his, you know, view of that meeting to his family, and then it got south, went south really fast. So, you know, we're we're sorting through all that stuff, and then Dan Lanning shows up in town, staying over at the the Noun Hotel, which is just a block away from us. Uh, and it was confirmed that he was here, and there was so much emotion just throughout the program, the coaching staff, the administration. Like people were shocked, they were hurt in a little, you know, a little ways, and they legitimately, some people, in in the OU facility, it was going around that they believed that Dylan Gabriel was, you know, somehow involved in in this, and in you know, Oregon was supposed to be putting together this massive NIL package to get Caden Green. And Josh and I, you know, we're reaching out to our Missouri people. They're reaching out to us first saying, hey, what's going on? And so we kind of get their side of the story as it's going on. And, you know, Missouri was just waiting for this. If something like this happened, like they had their feelers out. They knew something was going on. But from what we can tell, Josh, I mean, Missouri had not had no hand in, you know, I think it was a deal where the family made it to where Caden was available, and then everybody came in. And that's probably the way it happened with Oregon as well. But point being, there was a lot of emotion flying around. And, and I, you know, people get up in arms. And, and a lot of people that are on, you know, Twitter going nuts about this, they're not Sooner Scoop subscribers. They didn't see what I wrote. Um, but I essentially said, this is what's going on. This was on Thursday, two days after, uh, that, you know, Dan Lanning was in town. Uh, this happened while, you know, Bill Beanbaugh, and at the time I, we thought that Brent Venables was out of town, but apparently he was in town, but just not out of practice when we were because he was probably dealing with this crap. Um, and we just thought it was, you know, 
odd. It, it, the timing of it all was odd. And the fact that it, it seemed like he was the middle of the night, you know, scurrying out of town so nobody would find out deal. Uh, and I put, you know, that Oregon was in town and they may be involved in that, you know, they're going between Dylan Gabriel to talk to Caden and his family. Uh, and the way that that ended up, I hated it. it you know, it, it it I never said like he was the mastermind and he was giving. It, it was people made it out like Dylan Gabriel was giving his own money to get Caden Green to go to Oregon, and he was the one working with Dan Lanning to you know to make sure they had the right recruiting pitch and all this. He may not been involved at all because, like I said, there was a lot of emotion involved, and me just putting it out there was a mistake on my part because. Even though people were telling me that was going on, and I know Eddie even heard some of that from people, like it just put him in the crosshairs unfairly because the reason that Caden Green chose a place was not because of any one player that would have said, hey, I mean, we know that, Josh, all the time in recruiting. You have best friends on a team that say they want to play in college together, and one chooses one place and the other chooses the other. Uh, and it's not, it's not always the same place. But so... Dylan Gabriel doesn't have a long enough relationship with him to be the reason that he's going to go to Oregon. So because of that, I regret even mentioning his name at all. Even if he did, you know, try and make a phone call and say, hey, you know, you know, you, you, the coach at Oregon really wants to talk to you. They really, I mean, even if that happened, I don't even care. I mean, it's just, I just wanted to say I created a situation I wish I hadn't, and I should have been smarter than to just put his name out there. Well, Regardless of what I was hearing, or, or because where it was coming from was a place of panic. He doesn't accept your from, apology from others. <laughs> not, not. We'll so much find out him. later today. He I guess. Yeah, and that's fine if he doesn't. I have no idea. It's going to be good to catch up with Dylan. Uh. So anyway, Josh, feel free to jump in there as co-owner. No. <laughs> no, I mean. And again, I honestly, Carrie, until you started this, I hadn't seen your post on Twitter last night. And I, you know, it was one of those things that I just, it's, I think people don't understand, like we talk about it amongst ourselves and we have it and, and Carrie's right. There were people that were having this conversation, but this didn't come out of nowhere. It wasn't from, but it was a lot of people reeling because all of this a happened so fast and b so unexpectedly and so you had a lot of people that were connecting dots and trying to make things add up and i again i i just think and i guess for me part of it was the first school i heard was oregon that was the first thing i didn't hear missouri i heard oregon and guys i know enough about members of that staff they're going to play as fast and loose as they can. Like, and, and I know that like, and, and guys, we all know what happens in the portal. Uh, assuming these guys in one day know what they're going to do and make up their decision or Sam Hartman or Riley Leonard go into the portal and say, don't contact me. How do they know what they're doing? If they haven't already had feelers out with other schools, like this happens all the time. So I don't think anything of it, but at the same time, I, it, it's not like it was baseless. Like, and, and again, the, the hard part was probably just leaving Dylan out of it because whether right or wrong, it was going to put him in a light that, that wasn't fair to him. So, and you know, and I, I'm not coming down on Kerry, like he, he's already said it. So 
it's just something that I think sometimes we forget how incendiary things can become. Because I've had stuff like this where I put something on the board thinking, oh, they're going to like this. And maybe the board was expecting something else. And there are plenty of board members that know exactly the moment I'm talking about right now. And uh, they just, I like, and I end up with people pissed off at me when I didn't do anything wrong, but I didn't, my timing was not good and not helpful and ends up being a bigger issue than I could have ever anticipated. Yeah. And, you know, I've said that I thought that Dylan Gabriel has been the most impactful transfer for the Oklahoma football program since Josh Heupel. Now, Gabe Eichard came after me. Fuck you, Gabe. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We're very good friends if people don't know that. Uh, no, but, you know, he, we kind of had some fighting about it, and it was just guys being guys. Um, but, I mean, Dylan Gabriel's done more for Oklahoma football than any of us will ever do. I mean, just beating Texas – I mean, alone is enough to make him legendary in the fashion that he did. And if not for Dylan Gabriel, you can argue, yeah, sure, maybe Jackson Dart would have been here. But it was Dylan Gabriel, man. They went 6-7 and seven last year. He, he pulled them out of an abyss. And the, the year he had this year, we were all like, damn. I mean, he wanted to go to the NFL, but he didn't get the grade back. So he's done a tremendous amount for Oklahoma football. He should be celebrated. Uh, and not cursed and, you know, all that stuff. So hopefully we can all just move past this and realize it was just a crazy-ass time, and it's over. And I think that's how the Internet usually works, hopefully. So moving on, uh, it is the Enjoy Vision. Uh, I, I need better vision, probably. Uh, Josh, people were wanting you to get, go to Enjoy because they don't want you wearing glasses on the live streams anymore, by the way. Uh, it is, it's the Enjoy uh, look around, and uh, Eddie Radosevich has good vision because of Enjoy. I have perfect vision because of the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City, and it's not even close. The combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life-changing for me. What they're doing for the Unofficial 40 listener, they're giving $400 off of LASIK. If you are interested in uh, this journey, all you got to do is go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N-J-O-Y with me.com. And use promo code U40 for $400 off. Enjoy Vision. This is where you lace it. All right. Uh, so, yesterday was signing day. We can get back to the business at hand. Uh, not, as we were saying early, not really a big shock in there. I mean, there was some Taylor, there was some uh, uh, Tatum. Um, <laughs> drama. Drama. A bit. Just, just a little bit. That, uh, I don't know, it's... I don't know, Josh, what was the whole story on that that you were able to... Was there something about, you know, his expectation versus reality about what would happen in the signing or what he would be doing or... I don't think so. I, I, I don't. Like, I, I think... Now, I will say, I talked to someone who had said there was definitely a thought of like, okay, maybe I'll push this back to, the se- to February because he wasn't going to be an early enrollee anyways... I think Taylor, I think Taylor's fairly uh, practical, pragmatic, however you kind of want to say it. He is going like, why do I need to sign early if I'm not going to be there in January anyway? Like, I think that's kind of how Taylor looked at it. And so I don't think it was his plan not to sign, but I think he considered it um, because obviously he's going to play baseball at Longview and, you know, has that to look forward to. But 
I don't think it was ever like, oh, he's considering other schools or he's not sure about his decision. I don't think it had anything to do with that. It was kind of, guys, it's a topic that's already come up, and I've been talking to people on Twitter about it this morning. Jay Bateman leaves Florida to go be Texas A&M's defensive coordinator, and it gets announced this morning, right after all those guys sign and make their decisions, and now Florida, you know, like, and I, I know our guy, Adam Friedman, you know, guy we worked with for years at Rivals, talked to several commitments that were like, we had no idea. We didn't know this was going to happen. So I think that is more of what he had his eye on. Like, is anything going to happen? Could DeMarco go somewhere? Could there be any other changes of staff that I'm not, you know, that I don't know? And I think that was really the only concern. My guess is DeMarco had a conversation. I'm not going anywhere. I'm good. I'm set here. You know, we're, we're, we're moving forward. So I think that's that's really what it was more about, more than any school making a run, because I know – talking to some USC sources, I don't think they had their eye on it or anything yesterday. And we all know that was the runner up to Oklahoma in this thing. What did uh, Colorado sign like five high school players and, and USC signed like seven? Yeah. I think the final number that, right? was five for Colorado and they Oof. didn't even get the Jordan Seaton kid. Tough way to that, live. That's a, that's a circus. The, the whole Jordan Seaton thing is just insane. Um, I don't well, especially on the heels of his comments about you know race and stuff like that, and and coaches, and then two weeks later he bolts on you. It kind of shows you this shit is not to be taken too seriously. (laughs) It, I mean, these are seventeen-year-old kids, man. Their, Their their mind changes, and the things they deem important are different from one week to the next, which is part of my whole visit policy thing that everybody loved so much yesterday as I went on a tirade on Twitter. Um, yeah, you, I, the, that was, <laughs> that was a board, like, a like, did that start on the board and then you kind of took it to Twitter? I like, no, no. I, I tweeted something completely unrelated and somebody's like, Oh, what do you think of the visit policy now? Yeah. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> and I tweeted and it was more like, this is my life. I have to argue things that I'm not even talking about. And then everybody was like, well, you were wrong. And then I, of course, got into it because probably because it was signing day and I think we'd, we'd crossed over to the threshold. And so I was ready to blow off some steam. I mean, you popped open that 15 year. There you go. Uh, no, I honestly, honestly, the first drink I had last night was right at the beginning of the live stream. So the uh, that glass that everybody saw me working on that was my first glass of alcohol for the evening and I believe my only glass I I unless I drank a lot and don't remember it any of it but no I'm you weren't sure like the only you one. weren't like stumbling over yourselves or anything <laughs> uh, I think I'm done with everything except 15 year Josh it's just oh it's not I'm trying not to drink that much anymore mm-hmm. and just. Going drinking like three glasses of Jameson just does nothing for me anymore. And that's expensive enough that you're like, I can't. Yeah, just sit you here can't. And you can't be an alcoholic yeah. getting fifteen year old whiskey. <laughs> it's fact. too expensive. That's a fact. Yeah, um, I I tend to like like eight to twelve more, and I've got one seventeen that I really like a lot. Um, you know what did it for me is but, I had a mm-hmm. fifteen year. Uh, Buffalo Trace, 
And I thought, my God, that's the best whiskey I've ever had. And then I went and got the regular Buffalo Trace, and you can't even compare the two. It's not fair. Just not a fair comparison. So now I'm on to. uh, I I have a 17 that you're welcome to that I don't like very much. I'm on to, uh, I think it's Dalwinnie. I don't know if you've ever had that. Okay. Mm hmm. You're more of a Scotch guy than I am. Like you'll do like Irish whiskey. I'm pretty. I'll do a rye every once in a while, but I'm pretty, pretty much a bourbon guy all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm more into the Scotch for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know, I, it's it's hard. I don't know where you want to go. Maybe I need to ask you or or Bob. You weren't on the you know the the live yeah. stream last night, so maybe we should get your perspective on this, but. Obviously, we talked a lot about the defensive line, which should be talked about. Um, I know every time the offensive line comes up, it becomes a point of contention. But, I don't know, you went to the press conference yesterday. You sat through it all. What kind of stood out to you most about the message about this class from from Brent Venables yesterday? I think a a sneaky group that wasn't talked about too much is in the secondary. I think what Jay Valai and Brandon Hall have been able to do there is very impressive because – I mean, we're we're gone from the days of Pat Fields and Turner Yell have to play every single snap. They've been able to build it up slowly but surely, and now with this seven-member group that they'll be bringing in here for next year, I think you're finally gone away from the days of saying they don't have anyone in the back end. And someone like Reggie Powers, despite the fact his announcement came in the fourth quarter of the loss against Kansas, (laughs) and that was just... The most awful timing of all time. But I feel like that was just a sneaky get that, you you know, maybe you wouldn't have had two, three years ago. And their ability to go state of Ohio and grab someone like that that's got so much potential, so much production, is just a credit to what those defensive coaches have been able to do the last two, three years. Yeah, and, you know, I know in terms of, like, Brandon Hall, like, you know, when he was younger and he was here, we always called him, you know, Brent's mini-me and stuff. But Josh, it sure, it sure seems like he is really kind of taken to heed that, that work ethic that Brent has. Like, he is a tireless recruiter. When you talk about a marriage of a guy that's got his guys playing well on the field and recruiting really well, I don't know that anybody's doing it better than he is right now on that staff. Like, Brandon Hall is reeling in big-time guys at safety – making really good evaluations, and he's got Billy Bowman playing like the guy we all thought Billy Bowman could be out of high school, the guy that we saw flashes of at times the first two years. And last year, you know, I I guess we can say last year now. I don't know if we're at that point, but in 2023, was at an All-American level. And, you know, coming into the year, I don't think many really outside of us that have covered him since high school and know how talented he is, had any expectation of that. You, so you, you, uh, I, Brandon Hall deserves a ton of credit that I don't think he's getting. You mentioned Billy. I actually go to Robert Spears Jennings and the way that he played, mm-hmm. especially in the last month, to where Key Lawrence leaves and you're like, okay, like that was that's okay. This is what should happen. It's time for Spears Jennings to become that guy that we all think he can because he's showing – enough glimpses, enough consistent glimpses to know that if you put him out there even longer, he's going to do even better. Yeah, I mean, and and of course that forgets, uh, I mean, you hate to say this with Billy there, but maybe the most talented safety on the roster is Peyton Bowen. Absolutely. Like, I mean, so it, it's crazy that you have that coming, and then you have a guy, and, you know, I, I don't know 
who all out there has read all of our content from yesterday. And obviously we've still got more coming. That's going to come through the weekend. But, um, you look at Reggie powers, like it, the guy I picked in our class awards is I, you know, I termed it most likely to succeed. He's the guy, if I had to bet my bottom dollar, I'd bet on Reggie powers. Like I would bet he is at the very minimum, a very good college football player. Um, do I know that like, does he have the star potential of a guy like Danny Okoye or a guy like David Stone, or does he play a premier position like those guys do? No, he doesn't. But if I'm just going to say one of these 27 guys are going to be, let's just say like an all-conference level player, Reggie Powers is where I'd bet my money because I have the fewest questions about him. And then you add in a guy like Boganowski who's got a ton of upside. Jaden Hardy is a top 200 player that no one ever talks about. Like everybody just kind of forgets about him. And he's a really good player. I feel like uh, because he went out and saw him uh, and probably noticed some things that you see when you see people in person versus just watch them on tape. But I feel like Eddie's got a little bit of a man crush on Michael Boganowski. I just think he's a pretty good football player. Yeah. I mean, I he checked a lot of those boxes in terms of when we go see guys, uh, he immediately pops. It's like, okay, that's him. And then he dominated on both sides of the football. I, I don't know what more you can ask for for a guy, and it seems like he has a you know a good head on his shoulders just in terms of a guy that's going to come in and work his ass off and kind of be one of those uh, really kind of tools that Brent Venables can move all around the defense. There is something historically, Josh, about Kansas kids. Like, they don't really mess around all that much. I mean, I can't think of a lot of Kansas kids that were just, even if they were just like special teams guys, like, you know, a Jaden Bird or somebody like that. Like, mm-hmm. or was he a Missouri guy? I can't even remember. Uh, no, he's Kansas. Kansas, Kansas. guy. But, mm-hmm. like, they just kind of keep their heads down and, and do work. They kind of just have a reputation for that. It's crazy because, like, you look at it. If you wanted to say, look at all the states that OU has recruited with some frequency, I would say Kansas guys have as good a track record of at least turning into solid college football players. Jaden's probably the least of the bunch, but guys, I mean, you're talking about Jordan Phillips, you're talking about um, uh, Brady, Brody Eldridge, uh, Geno Grissom. Like, you just go down the list, there's a lot of good football the dozer. players. Dozer. Yeah, oh my God, how could I forget Blake? I mean, that's that's crazy when you start to think about it. All the guys Oklahoma's recruited from Kansas and how well they've produced at Oklahoma. Like, I don't know what the rhyme or reason to that is, but part of it is just Oklahoma a evaluates really well in that state, and they know they they close well. I mean, because they go in there and usually get many of the top players. I guess you'd say. I would imagine too that. When Brent wants a kid, particularly being a guy that is from Kansas, he's going to go in and basically kind of get the pick of the litter. I I would imagine that his success rate in Kansas specifically is about as good as it could possibly be. I and and again, I mean, like, and I you've got to think Brent probably takes some special satisfaction in that. Some you know, like really making the point to chase those kids, um, guys. I one we left off the list, and I mean, I. His story is still kind of unwritten, but Jaron Canick, another yep. you know another Kansas kid that that's make playing a role for Oklahoma. Amani Bledsoe is another good one that that was a good player for Oklahoma. Um, so I mean they really they've had a nice track record in Kansas and obviously have hopes of that continuing with a guy like Boganowski. What's the? Uh, I mean we didn't really get into this last night because it you know it was we went through pretty much everybody that signed every position, but. Uh, 
who is your biggest sleeper in this class? That's a that's a good question. Um, because it kind of depends. I'll give two different answers. The first one I would say is like if you wanted to say the guy that's like a three star that I think has that potential to be that next guy that OU turns into a a high round draft pick. You know, the next Lane Johnson or you know whatever three star you want to list. You know, goes on to become a you know a first or second day kind of pick. I would say Daniel Akinkunmi. Like I'm a big believer in his potential. Now everybody's going to have to be patient. And I do think he has the right mindset. I know he, you know, he's told me. I know he told Eddie and uh, George during the uh, the signing day interview about, you know, I want to come in and I want to play early. At the same time, I think he is smart enough to understand if he gets there and he's not ready, he'll know it. Like he's not one of those guys like, oh, I should be playing. Like I don't think he has that kind of mentality. Like I, I think he's willing to earn whatever he needs to to get on the field. And I just see a guy that has a lot of physicality, has a lot of athleticism. He moves well. And I think he's going to play the kind of position where you could see him becoming somebody. Now, as far as a guy that is maybe underrated and just going to be a very good player, I I might lean um, probably to Jaden Jackson just because I think Jaden Jackson's going to be a really good football player. He would probably be 1B to my conversation about Reggie Powers, where I say I, I don't have a lot of doubts about Reggie Powers. I don't have a lot of doubts about Jaden Jackson. I expect him to be a good football player. It won't shock me at all if he's helping OU next year. And, guys, he's one of the guys, and we can talk about some of these dudes, that is already there in Norman that is starting to take part in in practices today, you know, with Michael Hawkins and some of the others. I, I, what I just heard is – David Stone is Tommy Harris, and Jaden Jackson is Dusty Dvorak. <laughs> it could be. I mean, D- David has I'm destined to be blocked. David by has Jackson a top ten future. Like that. That that's in the cards for him. That's that's possible. Um, he's so special. He's so athletic. He's so long. And the thing that I was most impressed with when I saw him, because you know I hadn't seen. I saw David in a game as a sophomore at Dell city. I didn't see him as a junior. I mean, I saw him at some camp events and that kind of stuff, but I didn't see him again until he was a senior, you know, near the tail end of his year, I think his second to last game at IMG. And the, the growth was just undeniable. I mean, like he had physically matured. He'd mentally matured. He's so much tougher than the kid I saw as a sophomore. And I, I don't mean to say that he was soft. He just understands the work and whatever else you want to say about IMG and Brent talked about it yesterday. There is clearly a expectation. It's kind of like when you go to junior college, nobody's holding your hand anymore, man. Like you're going to have to go do this. You go to IMG. They expect you to be on time. They expect you to do the things you're supposed to do. And if they coach you to do something, they don't want to repeat themselves. They, they expect you to learn and move forward and continue to grow your game and grow your knowledge base. And so I, I think that is, that's going to help David immensely. To me, my only question with David is how is he going to carry weight? Cause he's probably about 275 pounds right now that can't play defensive tackle in the sec. He's going to have to get at least 295. He's going to have to get bigger if he wants to be that three tech guy. Now maybe OU does some stuff and he's a four eye. They do some three down type front stuff to get David on the field because he's dynamic enough that you do want to build some things around him, even fairly early. I mean, you want to give him as many opportunities to impact the game as he can. 
Um, so that that's going to be the interesting question. That and that's really my only question with David. How is he going to change his body over the next three years, three or four years, to become the kind of player he's capable of becoming? I think people people ask this question. It wasn't uh, answered last night. There was so much going on. I'm not blaming anybody, but I thought it was a good question. Who who will have the better career, Danny Okoye or David Stone? It's all said. Oh, that's oh, brutal. That's, that's, brutal. A, that's a rough one. I mean, it's not, asking you to you predict the future, <laughs> basically, so it's probably not sure. fair. But going sure. into it, how about this? Which one do you think will have the most success early? Because I think physically, here's my thought. Physically, mm-hmm. Danny Okoye is everything you want him to be but he hasn't played at a high level like David Stone has. And he's got a lot of guys that end, especially if Trace Ford comes back. Downs, Ford, yeah. R. Mason Thomas, P.J. There's a lot of guys he'd have to try to fight, bust on through. But with all of those guys being there, Bob, none of them truly impacted the pass rush this year. Like There, there was no point in the year when OU's defensive ends were dominant in the pass game. And Correct. Danny has that kind of ability. And that's why I, if you made me pick, I would say Danny, because again, with David, I think there's going to be some positional flexibility. I wonder if he plays some defensive end in year one, as they continue to get him bigger and stronger, kind of like Jonah Lalu. Like I, and there it's interesting. Laulu. God, why do I do that every time? Um, but with Jonah, that was clearly the plan. So, and I, Honestly, I'm just kind of having this thought is I wonder if he's going to be on a very similar plan to what what Jonah was. Like, are do they start him at defensive end, let him get bigger, let him work with Schmidt for a couple springs, and then, okay, he's ready to move into defensive tackle and be, our, you know, be the guy for OU in 2025. Um, that That's an interesting idea that I, I don't think I've really considered a lot, but I think that's just kind of something I'm talking through here. But with Danny, Danny's a defensive end, and Danny is going to arrive and be one of Oklahoma's most physically impressive defensive linemen from the minute go. And I I would say, okay, shortly, a week ago, I would have answered this David Stone because I think the questions about David are more manageable. But watching Danny in that Army Bowl where he just dominates a bunch of Division I prospects I something tells me they're going to find a way to get him on the field, and they're going to find a way for his ability to be unleashed. I mean, it could, God, if you could find scenarios where he and PJ are opposite each other, that's when you start really – if those guys are the guys that we think they are, that's how quarterbacks start having real problems with Oklahoma's defense. This isn't a knock on PJ, but is Danny more ready going into college than PJ was? I think just because of the physical nature, like PJ is like you guys, PJ is so long. Like it's just hard for people to understand that a guy that is six, four, six, five and has, you know, arms that, you know, that reaches knees. Like, I mean, he is so incredibly long. So when you're long levered like that, it's harder to develop mass and develop the strength that you need and become the powerful guy that you need to be in the run game and not just be, you know, this explosive twitchy athlete on the outside. So I think Danny is more physically ready for the game, but at the same time, PJ played better competition. So there's kind of a, there's a give and take there, but yeah, I don't think that's unfair to say Bob, just because 
Danny's body type is a little different, and he's physically like he's put on mass at an earlier age than PJ did. I'm not gonna lie, that clip we had last night with Okoye, where he takes the snap and runs around and makes a cut on the sideline. I mean, I that's just a holy shit moment. He and you go and watch his highlights; they're all over the place. Like just him. You know, guys, I go back to this one, and I think, Eddie, were you there at the um, the Cassidy game? or was I, that No, me? Bob was. Bob, Bob yeah. went. Okay, okay. I was like, we had somebody there, and Danny got ejected. Yes, in the second for, half. For a hit in the second half. And, like, I wake up that Saturday morning afterwards, everybody's like, oh, Danny Okoye, it was a dirty hit last night. You should have seen it, blah, blah, blah. Well, his coach sends me the tape. There wasn't a damn thing dirty about nope. it. Danny is just humongous and fast and just clobbered this poor kid. And it wasn't his fault. He's just playing the game the way, you know, his ability allows him to play. And he's playing with a bunch of kids who can't reach that level. And so it looked nasty and he gets ejected and it was this whole thing. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's bull. Like Danny's just doing what he does. And he faced a lot of that. Like the game I went to, there were fans on the opposing sideline screaming at him. Like, oh, he shouldn't be out here, blah, blah, blah. He's dirty. He's cheating. Danny wouldn't do anything wrong. Like, it's just when you have to deal with your talent is so far beyond everybody else's on the field, you get into these shouting arguments or you get, I mean, in this case, a shouting argument, but you get into these situations where people want to explain away that you shouldn't be on the field when Danny had every right to be there. So I, again, it's just, for me, the only question for Danny is how great does he want to be? If he wants to be great, Danny will be special. It's just about is he locked in? Because we all know Danny's social and he has a lot of fun and that kind of stuff. But can he, when he needs to be, be in that 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 zone where football is important to him? It's not unlike another Danny. It's a lot like the Danny Sussman conversation where Brent talked about how Danny's a great football player and he's a lot of fun. But he's got to be here when he's here. And we've seen him go the right way. And then, as Carrie mentioned this morning, we've seen him go the other way with someone like Stacey Wilkins. We know how quickly that all that Oh, all I, didn't, I didn't bring him up. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> he's still around. I just couldn't believe he was still around. I mean, he's apparently looking for another place to, to go. Sorry, we're having some audio issues. I'm not sure what uh, is causing that. But, uh, no, I just saw that. And I was like, I can't believe Stacey Wilkins is still playing football. So, and and again, and that's that's the thing with a guy like Danny Acquaya. Stacy was of that same like. Exactly. Do you want to be great? Right. Because Stacy had all the talent in the world. I mean, just could be anything he wanted to be, and clearly that didn't happen. And I, you know, I like Stacy. He's a good guy. Like no problems with him. But people don't realize like to be that great, there is a lot you have to to do and be willing to sacrifice and. It, it's hard to know until the guys are in the situation. Um, I, 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 we'll get back to some football in Georgia. We come up, we'll talk some more. But I think it's important we take some time out, uh, talk a little hoops. Oh, all right. I mean, it's bad because, you know, if we would have done the pod yesterday, you could have been talking excitingly still about Josh has left the chat. Oh, my uh, goodness. <laughs> uh, I love it. I watched some last night. I, I love watched. it. It was just rough because, you know, they never could make that run to get back in it after they got down early. So many uh, no-shows. Didn't, didn't shoot well. Uh, 
JV McCollum didn't play well until the end. Until close yes. to the end, uh, and really, you know, Godwin fouls out, um, which you thought might be an issue with him and Baycott, uh, but they, you know. Hughley really didn't give him anything last night. You know, missed free throws, missed three pointers, uh, just kind of a body out there. And it was, it it, it really w- did seem to me th- to be the cliche, Bob, that the moment was a little too big for that for them last night. A reminder of how much further they still have to come. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, you can't have Godwin Hughley combined for two points. We've been talking about how they've been getting like twenty and ten combined, or twenty and like fifteen combined. Two points. You're not going to win any games in the Big 12 when you're five-man. That's what you're getting from that entire production. And then McCollum, he was two for 11. And when he got going, all of a sudden, the game got competitive. They got it down to five, never got closer. But you saw, like, when Javion can figure out what he needs to do and how to be effective, how quickly things change for the Sooners. It was just way too little and way too late Wednesday. I thought it was uh, maybe more encouraging last night, uh, just in terms of a performance. I thought it was more encouraging the way that they were able to scrap that together, not playing well, than I think I would have been on the flip side if you woke up today and they would have won by 15. I'm dead serious. That's more I think you guys are more down on this team than I, I was no, really, really I encouraged We just night. talked about what didn't go well. Right. I think the second half was a blueprint of how, like, okay, they, I mean, they are competitive. They are one of the better teams. Maybe not a top They're not 10. a fraud. I mean, is, they're, no. you think we're saying that they're but frauds? No. A little bit. Well, you're being... No, little bit. Nobody's saying they're frauds. That never came out of our mouths. I think that I thought I thought it was very very encouraging. Basketball team, a little overly protective. I think. No, I I just think I think like it was, they played. Dad. All right, whatever, Carrie. I I think they weren't in a position Wednesday to look for a moral victory. I think they wanted a real victory, and yeah. the fact the the I think that's where we came. It's like oh they they can't compete. They can't compete. Yeah, but now you got to win. You got to win these games too because. Outside of the Providence beating Marquette, which finally kind of helped, those early season wins haven't resonated. And we'll see if that changes in the weeks weeks to come. But you liked how they responded in the second half. Because when it was 63-48, to 48, that could have went 20-25 to 25 very quickly. Instead, it went 70-65. to 65, And you saw them try to still fight and try to make it a game. Turn the ball over 10 times and go 1-10 for 10 in the uh, first half from 3, too. I mean... That AT turnover, you know, the turnovers were just an issue in the entire night. Yeah, but especially in the first half, they yes. could have, they should have been down by twenty at halftime. They were down by eight. Well, and to your point, I did come away encouraged because they didn't. I mean, they didn't look like frauds last night. So, I mean, Otega Owe was playing his what thirty ninth game. He's a sophomore. He dropped twenty three on North Carolina. I think in the long run, they're going to look back at that, and that's going to be a nice little learning lesson because they're going to be in a bunch of games moving forward, especially when you get into conference play, that you're going to be in tight games with really good teams. And that's where McCollum, Godwin, Hughley, that's where they have to learn. That's where your hope, the the the, the get better tape session that Moser has after every game, that's going to be a lot of Godwin, Hughley, and Javion, and okay, this is what you guys are going to have to figure out if we're going to be as competitive as we believe we should be the rest of the way. All right, uh, let's, uh, we'll take a little time out here and we'll bring uh, George in to uh, finish off. By the way, deadsoxy.com. Uh, don't forget, uh, go check them out, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Uh, 
25% off. Use that promo code SCOOP uh, for 25% off your entire order, any uh, even sale items. So go check them out. Great socks company, uh, sock company, great uh, customer service. That's uh, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. Uh, and uh, use that promo code SCOOP for that 25% uh, off. All right, uh, George uh, Stoya is with us now. Uh, Bob is taking his leave. And uh, I don't know, did you watch any hoops last night, George? I did. I was at a uh, birthday party bowling, but uh, I did watch uh, most of the game. An adult birthday party? Uh, I mean, 27, okay. 27. So if, if that's an adult, yes. I mean, I imagine it's fun. I don't know. It's been a, it's, it, they played like shit. That happens. Yeah. You no, know? I mean. They weren't going to go undefeated. So you play like shit, you shoot like shit. That's well. Now you're as, upsetting me. As uh, someone it. who uh, is a you know certified hooper myself, sometimes best you have off office, nights. Is that what you're saying? I mean, easily best in the office. I don't even think it's close. You're pretty. I've seen some. I've seen video. You're the only person I know that's had a camera follow you around. I know. Well, that's not true, Eddie. I mean, to play hoops. Oh, well, that's just my buddy, Anthony. Shout mm-hmm. out, Anthony. He just, uh, he likes to post it on his Instagram, but... You know, cameras follow Eddie around all the time. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, signing day, live stream last night. Uh, you know, you wrote about the defensive line uh, on Sooner Scoop. Um, you know, one thing you and I talked about just kind of in the planning stages was just... It was impressive to keep this... I mean, you have two quarterbacks in this class. You, you, you have some nice running backs. It was impressive to hold that all together with a, a major coaching change at the coordinator position. Yeah, I think Seth Luttrell did a, a really good job of keeping most of these guys together. And, and I, I think it also speaks to the the position coaches as well. I mean, Emmett Jones has done a great job. Josh has talked about that. I mean, keeping that wide receiver group together. I mean, Joe John Finley, you knew you are going to be able to keep, um, you know, Devon Mitchell because he gets promoted. Uh, you know, the running back room, Taylor Tatum. I know there was some dramatics there for a minute, but... Uh, you keep that together, Xavier Robinson, all that stuff. I, I think Seth also, too, though, I, I think he did a good job of keeping those two quarterbacks knowing they need the depth. And I think both quarterbacks also look at it as an opportunity to, you know, potentially be the backup, uh, you know, being yeah. next year. So it would make sense. Like, I think Zerberg's coming in, um, you know, a lot of people don't even know, don't know much about him, including myself, but he's coming in wanting to compete as well. So, I don't know. I, I think Seth Luttrell's done a great job so far. And it's an easy transition. Like, that's exactly why they did it. I mean, you go out mm-hmm. and you get a, a, a totally new offense coordinator. Maybe you're looking at losing several guys. Uh, I, what did you? What was your main takeaway? And for people that haven't watched it, uh, you and Eddie you know, interviewed 13 different players uh, leading up to signing day about signing with Oklahoma. Uh, what what stood out most to you of the 13 guys that you talked to? Other than just Danny Okoye being fantastic to talk to. I thought Nigel Smith was really good. Uh, I thought Nigel Smith, like, I he's he, I thought he was going to be, like, super soft-spoken, which he is kind of a soft-spoken guy, but he's intelligent, man. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that kid has a, a good head on his shoulders. And, and I thought all the guys, you know, some guys are more quiet than others, but they're all very well-spoken. They all seem to love the coaching staff. Um, and they all are excited to, to be at OU, which, which I'm sure most guys are every year. But um, I don't know. They seem very bought into the vision that has been preached to them. And not to say that they shouldn't be, but like you look at the first two years of Brent Venables, and it, it went really well this year at times, but it could have been better. But these guys are really bought into whatever 
Brent is selling them and what they think the program can be in the future. And they're also bought into competing in the SEC. That was my takeaway. They were all very well spoken to and articulate, yeah. uh, which is not always the case. But uh, go to the uh, Sooner Scoop YouTube page. Uh, just just YouTube.com slash Sooner Scoop will take you right there. Uh, subscribe, like, uh, but a lot of good content uh, on that if you're, if you're not a YouTuber. I know met a guy yesterday who was an older fellow. I think we converted him to a YouTuber. That yeah. was in the office. He was asking me about all of my personal life, too. Interesting. So, he's so little, it wasn't me, though. No, it was not you. Um, but he was asking me about my dating life and why I moved to Oklahoma and all sorts of stuff. Interesting. It, it, yeah. it sounds like Carrie has just piqued the public's interest, and now they want to know more about you, George. I guess so. I don't know. It's been a long... I don't know about you guys. It's been a long few weeks. Like yeah. it, The transfer yeah. portal is just like taking a toll on me. Signing day... Like the fan base has gone bananas. Like it's just, it's been an explosion. I got mad at my dad the other day. (laughs) We were talking. I'm mad at all my friends because they contribute it. Just like you said. I mean, well, I nonstop texting about OU stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like I call my dad almost every day, and he always wants to, you know, what's going on with this guy in the portal? What's going on with that? And I'm like, finally, I told my dad. I said, Dad, I don't want to talk about anything OU football related. And then he immediately like asked me another question about OU football. And I was just like, that's enough. And I, I hung up. I was like, I'm out. Like, ask me about something other than football, please, for the love of God. I actually got hit on by somebody on Facebook. Um, that's how old I'm getting. Uh, and the intro was, hey, you love OU football. I love OU football. We should get together sometime and meet up. Well, you should. I would never I, want that. Signed. I would never I, I would never want to be with someone that is a big OU fan. I have to get away from it at some point. I had a girl is, slide into my DMs and say that she loves Zach Bryan and I love Zach Bryan that we should get together and we got together. Very nice. It's great. Beautiful. So but you don't have to, to talk to Zach Bryan in your daily life. Like that's, that's true. not what you spend your yeah, hours you're right. doing. You're right. Um no, I Tiffany Tiffany is an OU fan. She absolutely is. Like OU Texas, she is on pins and needles. It, it's hard for me to watch the game because she's next to me and she's like, what's happening? What's going on? Why are they doing this? And I'm like, girl, I'm just trying to work. Like, just let me work. And mm. But any other game of the year, she couldn't give a flying f- She does not care. And beyond that, she doesn't want to talk it. Like, she'll run into people like that she works with or she knows. And they're like, oh, yeah, what, what's going on with Dylan Gabriel? And she's like, I don't know. I don't follow any of that. So, like, that is nice. Carrie's not wrong to come home and not have to have OU football conversations. I can talk to somebody else. The only truly sad news in my family that's come from OU that impacted us, Lainey had her first favorite player this year, and it was Tawi. And I had mm-hmm. to break it to her about two weeks ago that Tawi was in the portal and was going to leave the team. My poor girl broke into tears no. she was sad sad was it was heartbreaking yeah it was terrible <laughs> i felt so bad she loved tawi because he's short and like she she just liked all she's gonna have know, trust some issues reasons, though he hit when, a nerve she's gonna have yeah, trust 100%. issues though with you when she sees him playing in the bowl game have you explained that to but, her <laughs> oh, no. i hadn't even considered that <laughs> and we were talking about going to that game i can't even imagine how jarring it would have been if she, her first ou game 
is Tawi's farewell, and she had no idea she was actually going to see it. This is what the transfer portal is doing to the youth of America, just breaking hearts. It's not the youth that it's affecting. It's the olds (laughs) that it's affecting. That's who are upset. I mean, it's the people they are like, you're ruining the sport of college football. Like, they're the ones having the hard time with it. I know. It's people like my dad. Yeah. But she played at OU, so he's entitled to. And my feel da- my dad's wants. definitely gonna be mad that I brought this up on the on the pod. But <laughs> he's 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 been angry with the with the transfer portal, which I get it. It's was it was Caden Green like the tipping off point for him, or was he upset before that? I think just all of it. I mean, he's he's old school. I, I'm even old school. Like I don't even at times. I, I think the portal's just gotten out of control in the way that it's it's the regulations and guidelines. I mean, it's just. It's craziness, and it's I don't know. And it's it's hard too when the NCAA keeps flip flopping, and yeah. it's like okay, so for the next fourteen days, there's a stay, and everyone can transfer again, even if you've transferred five times or whatever. I mean, and then like you said, like you see Stacy Wilkins like trying to go to another school. He doesn't need to be playing football. Like he probably won't find another school, but it's like all these guys have so many opportunities that they think they can just jump around, and it just. It's not. It's not reality. And here's the issue: people ask me, they're like, "Well, what's the solution?" I don't know what the solution is because the NCAA's dug such a big hole. I don't know if they can get out of it because if all of a sudden you start putting guidelines and, and regulations and all these new rules on it, there's going to be an uproar by the athletes, and all of a sudden it's going to go to court or whatever. And I, I don't know. It just it seems like there's there's too much going on. Eddie, do you want to weigh in? No, I'm I'm so exhausted of just all talk. Yeah, I agree. We can tell. <laughs> Let's talk about something other than football on a football podcast. <laughs> I guys, I, I I was talking to a to a coach the other day, and I and I should say I have been engaged, I guess you would say, in a conversation with a state senator who would like my thoughts on NIL. Like what what they can do to make it better. So I have hit up several coaches I know, and I'm trying to have con- like what is realistic, what can work, what can be possible. And I think the same thing comes out of everybody I talk to. They're gonna have to find a way to bargain with these guys and make actual contractual widespread rulings. And you can't do that until these guys are employees because you can't have anything that involves. Guys, it's tough to do non-competes with with workers. With guess what though? Guess basically what though? volunteers, you can't do it. It's not impossible. Guess what though? As soon as players are employees, nobody gives a shit about donating to a collective. They're like, you're an employee. Oh, 100%. You're an employee. Whatever you make, you make. Yeah. You are employed by an employer. Like right now, they have the benefit of <laughs> All these people want to pay you more money to get you to their school because you're an, you're a student athlete. Like the 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 guise of all that is still that still exists. Like once, mm-hmm. I mean, like these. I, I don't even know that players care if they're employees or not. I don't. I, you know, we talk about no taxes. They don't understand really the implications of what it means to be a student athlete versus an employee. It's not all good. Like. And I, I don't think anybody's fighting to be an employee. They just they just want a piece of the pie, basically. Yeah. Oh, I don't know that the players would want it, but I don't think it's sustainable for the coaches and for uh, just uh, like at some point, like like you're saying, Carrie, with all of this, 
with the exception of a few schools, they can't keep going to their big money guys over and over and over again year after year. Like eventually that well's going to run dry and then you're going to have to figure out some way. I mean, it, the only guy who's not going to run dry is Phil Knight. So it's just going to be Oregon taking everybody. Um, cause he's the only one with that kind of money and that level of investment. Um, so I, I just, they're going to have to figure out some way or the players are going to end up right back where they started, where there's no money because people are sick of throwing money at guys who are going to leave in a year anyway. Like th- there's, there's going to have to be some sort of ability to marry the portal and the NIL because the two together are just unwieldy because there's no governance over any of it. And what I think is interesting too is like people are familiar with the concept of paying a player to get them. Like you go out and you recruit and he's a five-star and like we got to let's get him a bag of money and get him to come here. Like that's a age-old concept. The concept of paying someone more because they're performing better, you know, free agency kind of like that's not going to sit well with college football fans of any age. No. No. I don't but know. you know what? If they're an employee, that's up to the school. Yeah. I don't know. I and go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was gonna like that's my thing. Like, Ken Carey, you're right. Like, people aren't gonna want to give to players once they're on the payroll of the school. But then I think you also get back into a model that's more easy to understand. Then Joe Castiglione gets to go to the donors and say, Hey, you're donating this money to build our new south end zone, or you're going into this, we're building a new press box, like just for aesthetics, or what you know, whatever he needs to get done, that's what they're donating to, which is what they've been donating to for a hundred years. Like we, we know that's what that is. And the school can go back to being responsible for the players' well-being, their income, all those sort of things. And I think that's a little easier to navigate than having all these people around it, like we've talked about over and over, the NCAA always finds a way to create handlers and people to be around the players that don't need to be around the players. Yeah, and and you're always going to have a DeVito-type agent out there. Yeah, did yeah. you see, though, that... Uh, Peyton Manning had to apologize? Uh, no, Tommy DeVito uh, didn't fire the agent, but like removed him from doing marketing for him or something. Over the pizza thing? Yeah. It was stupid. <laughs> I do really feel like George is like... It's, I'm just... Like, I'm ready to you like... You just need someone to talk to you about something other than OU football. I can really yeah, feel that. I'm ready to just go home for a couple days and then go to San Antonio. I'm really looking forward to going to San Antonio. I think it's going to be... He's planning a, our dinners for us already, A Josh. fun trip. But yeah, we're going to a steakhouse on Love Christmas it. night. Um, I thought we were going to the Mexican place. Oh, Mexican place, whatever. Domingo... Restaurante. Okay. Um, okay. I know Eddie's super pumped. Um, we're going to go to SeaWorld. Mm. If only he were, he were here to tell us. I'm not super pumped <laughs> about anything in San Antonio. I hate San Antonio. <laughs> Mike. I do. I, it's not, I mean, it's nothing like in particular. People probably say the same thing about Oklahoma City. It's just not, the, I, there is no appeal to San Antonio for mm. me. You said, you I, like Al- the I like the Alamo Dome. I love the Alamo Dome. I think it's one of the best venues. But the in Alamo school. itself, you oppose. I well, I just think it's. I love the Alamo. Ridiculous! I it's like that's it. Okay. I think about I'll all the people though. It, that, it that, is distinctly underwhelming. It like, is. There's I no mean, question. It's I, not what you expect it to be. No. Have you watched the movie though? No. I. You need well, to watch just, the movie. I don't care. Watch the, the movie. movie. So full. George, no, sir. No, no, we're not doing this. 
there's that is just horseshit propaganda terrible history in that whole movie i love it though the the thought of (laughs) of a hundred men fighting off all these people to save their land for about 12 minutes (laughs) i love it I was telling Eddie this uh, the other day. I used to have what was it, Josh? What was that first uh, Texas massive message board before there was ever like when Rivals was first? It was it was Horn something? Was it Horn fans? Horn think, fans, yeah, uh, it was Horn, horn fans. Yeah, I think or, no, that's no, no, right. Mm-hmm. I think Horn fit was that the lesser site? Oh uh, well, well, there was Shaggy Bevo. Yeah, um, it was Shaggy. I think it was Horn fans. But, okay, but anyway, like. Trolls have been around forever. I think I was telling Eddie this the other day. Uh, I had a friend uh, in his handle. He was a, he was an OU fan, and he would go on that board and pretend to be from Texas, and he was like a just loved conspiracies. Like like back in the day, like Austin used to be like the epicenter of like people who believed in conspiracies, whether it was JFK or whatever. Uh, and he. His handle was something along along the lines of Davy Crockett ran away or something like that, uh, contending that basically he was a coward and the history books claiming that he was some type of hero at the Alamo uh, were were not true and that he actually was a coward and left and wasn't there when everybody died. Uh, and people got so mad about that. Like, Yeah, because he's a it's hero. Like, yeah. He's I mean, an American hero, David Well, he's Crockett. more of a Texan hero. Whatever, he's a hero. He didn't save America, he saved Texas. The original Alamo Guys. movie with John Wayne is a is a classic. Oh, God. <laughs> um, George, maybe you shouldn't read this because it's really going to ruin a lot of the movies that you have embraced. Uh, there's a book called Brian Burrow called Forget the Alamo that talks not only about the real history of what actually happened, uh, as much as can be confirmed, obviously, but at the same time, it talks about the fight that happens like every, I think it's every three years, basically between the Texas Education Board and all the propagandists that want to believe that like the Alamo was this historic moment and this great thing. When basically just a bunch of people that died unnecessarily, like <laughs> it, it could have, I mean, like, and, and like I'm not the border saying, like, was everywhere. Houston, like, yeah, yes, yes. It, it, it just, it could have been avoided if people didn't, you know, and there's so many people that like, oh, he was a hero. Like, I think it's, I can't remember. I think it's Travis that died in like the first 12 seconds. Like one of the first shots, like they, he died. And you're and like they're like he's a hero. He didn't do anything. Like he just stayed there when he shouldn't have. And you know you're like whatever. But um, guys, I I'm not reading. I I, I feel <laughs> like George and Eddie want to talk about something else. And I have some sooner scoop related business that we need to discuss. By the way, is anybody else getting a bunch of phone calls from Atlanta, in Georgia right now? Oh no, what's no. going on? Um, sooner about two weeks ago, I sent out gifts. To every member of our staff and send it to your home addresses. The only one who has said anything to me about it of receiving it was George, who sent me a very nice note, very I appreciative. Haven't, I haven't checked my mail in like a month and a half. Same. See, Eddie, yours, I, like I wondered. I, I could absolutely believe that to be the case. Bob Opening is my Friday. greater issue. Carrie, Family I could also Christmas. believe. Actually, if you was don't. Bob said he's opening his Friday at family Christmas. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough, Bob. Okay, I hear you. Uh, if you don't tell me something is coming to my house, it gets stolen by porch pirates. 
Oh, no. Because I don't go deal. in through my front door, and it's like angled away from my garage, so I can't see if yes. there's a package I, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've been there. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it was a pretty awesome gift. So whoever You sent me a picture of it. Oh, yeah, that's Don't right. spoil it for Bob. <laughs> Cause he, you yeah. asked me, did I send? Yeah, because I sent, I sent both of you guys a message like, uh, did you guys send me this? And I was like, who sent me this? <laughs> and I just remember well, he asked, I, he asked me for something that made me realize, oh, Josh did that. It's an awesome gift, mm-hmm. thank you, Josh. No, I and it, this wasn't like I. So Tiffany and I went through the whole like sending it. We had to go to like a little local thing and they had to send them all individually it was no big deal but it was one of those deals where i was like did they get it like i for a while we're like did they all get lost and it showed them all as delivered and then george messaged me like was probably a week ago george and i was like okay george got it great and then i didn't know what had happened to anybody else's so that that was that was an interesting um thing which I guess we can talk about a little bit more because we don't want to ruin the surprise of Bob's family Christmas. I, I thought you moved to the mailbox because that's what it said on the <laughs> label. <laughs> that is exactly that is exactly where that was sent from. And that that was the biggest pain of the whole thing was because, again, what I sent, there were a couple different parts. And so you had to make sure the right thing was with the right person and the right address, and it was a whole deal. So, um, yeah. But that that's that was it. So, Josh, Eddie, I kind of predicted his answer. The other two were I was not prepared. We'll for. get by the uh, mailbox today. Yeah, yeah. I uh, your mailman must hate you, Josh. Do I need to get you a gift in return? One hundred percent, no. That oh, is not at all. Like, I, and Tiffany and I both were like, I hope they don't feel obligated because that is not what we were doing. I just had an idea for the the main thing, George. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. And I was like, I want one. And I was like, well, I'll just send one to all the guys. And then it just turned into like slowly, but surely it turned into more and more. And finally, I was like, okay, that's I've spent too much time on this. I've got to be done with it. I will get you something and I'll give it to you when I see you next, which will probably be in the summer. <laughs> exactly. 100%. I, well, you guys in San Antonio, all these dinners, I may have to sneak over for a night or something. Yeah. You know, just you already have, told have us dinner. you were abandoning, it, abandoning us. So, well, I, I've got to go to San. I've got to go to Orlando on the 29th, 27th, 29th, something like that. Just a magical Nothing. time of um, year to be in Orlando. Yeah. Oh, I know. Just oh, you know, I love Orlando. I just can't wait to. I, I'm tempted to fly into Tampa and just drive across the state because I hate Orlando so much. Maybe you go see Baker. Be fun. Yeah. There we he go. Might be in the Pro Bowl by then. Baker's Baker's <laughs> balling this year. I'm so glad to see it. I mean. They're going to give him another contract, I bet. He was the uh, NFC, NFC Offensive, offensive player, player of the Week. Yep. Also the Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player or whatever, MVP. Yeah, I'd love to get slimed. Pause. <laughs> 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 Is that another generational thing with you and Eddie? Like you grew up with Nickelodeon. People I grew up with Nickelodeon, stuff, yeah. But I don't know, Eddie, did you grow up and yeah. was sliming a thing? Double Dare? Yeah. Double Dare? Yeah. I was like the oh, the dare. ground floor of the slime. Yeah, double dare and uh, what was the bit? What was the show with the big board that had all the the different oh. uh, selections? I always wanted to be on that one. I like that one more than uh, Double Dare, or is that the same show? I don't think it was the same show. What was the one with the uh, the the like the Incan Mayan guy? I or never whatever. liked it. Legends of the Hidden Temple. 
Oh, they had that thing you had to crawl at the end. I remember yeah. PFT is like obsessed. I mean, it was no guts. Guts was the goat show of all time. The aggro crag. Aggro crag. Yeah, that's what it was. Yes, I do remember that. Okay, I didn't remember guts, but I remember that. I don't but, know. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I watched, sad. I grew up on like iCarly and yeah. Drake and Josh. We can tell. Oh my god. I watched a lot of Drake my and Josh because of my nieces. Carly. I can speak. Drake that. and Josh still holds up to this day. But still they hate each other. Yeah, they do. They hate each other in real like, life. Like legitimately, which kind of makes me other. sad because I I thought they were awesome when I was a kid. But do you guys have any thoughts on um, <laughs> housewarming gifts? My sister bought a house this week. <laughs> Burn it down. Oh, okay. So as a to, goof, I need to do some Christmas shopping. A couple days. Bought a house. Hey. She bought a house in Tulsa. George um, plant that's good I, I, a nice cutting board is always a good choice mm-hmm. uh, you know find like a wooden one you know always looks kind of nice um, I feel like the board's gonna hate me on this episode I think okay. Josh is we, we all have that episode yeah. we all have that episode like, Eddie was that, smart not okay. to participate that's right I mean if, if anybody needs uh, my thoughts on anything go listen to anything that I've done over the last week I've exhausted all my takes. <laughs> That's my thing. Is like we we We've hit, talked we, about it for an hour talked, and a half last night. We talked about every player on the national, and it was great. Like, go find somewhere else that has that good of uh, a breakdown of every single player. Like, it you're not going to find it. And so, I've just gotten to a point. It's like, how much more can I talk about with smartass YouTube comments and actual footage of and the Caden Green stuff? I'm just over it. Just like people yeah, need to move I'm on. Ready and, to move on. Like it's ridiculous, and I'm I'm excited to talk to Dylan Gabriel today because there's a lot of stuff I just want to ask him about. Just this last year, I mean, it was kind of crazy, and I think he'll be fun. He likes us. For all the people that don't think he, th- that all the people that think he doesn't like us, he loves us. Well, it's just like the it's like the Danny Stutzman thing. It's like everybody's like you've ruined his moment. He didn't give a no. shit. His dad didn't give a shit. Yeah. No. Dylan's I- the man. I, I love how everyone speaks. Situations. I love how everyone speaks for players that they don't know on social media. Yeah, when, when those players have gigantic microphones known as all their social media feeds that they could absolutely burn us down if they wanted to. Yeah, and they don't. And not to mention, we're the fun guys. Yeah, we really not the fun, not weird guys. Yes. We're not trying to be your best friend, but we're fun well, on our we own. Try and foist our kids on you. Some of us are a little weird. Yeah, I mean myself I mean, included. I think we're all a little yeah. weird. I think to be in this I've, business, I, you have to it's be a really little weird. weird. That Bob screamed from the other room when yeah. you said that. <laughs> I I don't really see Bob as weird. He's just unique. <laughs> Eddie's done. I'm so over it. I don't even know what we're I talking think, about at this point. Eddie has like two of these. I won that award in high school. Like I still don't know what it means. Most unique. That was me. Yes. I could buy that, Bob. Bob, Bob the biggest curveball to me about you every time is the tennis thing. Like how fascinated you are with tennis. Like I, I forget, and then all I of a sudden tennis. it'll be about that it, time. But you're in it. Yeah, it's a little. It's well, I mean, you and soccer even before it was popular. Yeah. You could compare it to that. I was voted oh, most God. spirited. I'm a- what were you? Most spirited. Like, I had a lot of school oh. spirits. Okay. Okay. I I can still sing the school fight song. I I, I can do that. Um, 
I was <laughs> my alone award and my senior awards was most likely to stay single. That that was my uh, that was my honorary title. That's kind of harsh. I I'm t- no I I was very open. Like I was like I marriage is awful. Never do that ever. I I, I was very strongly against that. So um, I don't know why at seventeen I had such a strong take on that, but I really really did. What a catch you got, Tiffany. What a catch. Yeah, she's a real winner in this game of life. <laughs> I think this is a great episode. Right before Christmas, lighthearted. This is mm-hmm. great. A little fighting at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Ba- okay. Some bad audio I- thrown in that we fixed halfway through the show. Sorry about that earlier. Uh, we'll do, we'll, we'll yeah, if you're listening one- now, you don't know there was a break in the middle. I'm sure we'll do one uh, in San Antonio, right? Yes. Game's on a Thursday. I mean, look, we're going to try and do... Well, now with Eddie, I'm worried about running him into the ground, but we're going to try and do some live streams and stuff like that. And the reason we're going down is the only day that we can go see practice is Christmas Day, which is stupid, but got to do what you got to do. So, I mean, there'll be tons of coverage. I think we need to just send Eddie home so he can get a nap. I mean... I don't. I don't nap. I don't do anything. I. I'm here. I'm ready to roll. I just have no interest in the conversation. But what do you want to talk about? Yeah. What, yeah, what is ending, ending this? <laughs> Being done with it. Starting the holiday vacation that is going to be like 24 hours before we go down to watch practice for 15 minutes. Can yeah. we? I do. I okay. This is it for me, and then I'm. I'm done. The only thing I if ask... If you want to do a radio show, you're more than welcome Festivus. to do it on four, Eddie's mad four at hours every Eddie's day. now mad at me. Um, He's lashing out. This is... That's fine. I'm not lashing out. Uh, okay, we'll let the public decide. I'll save it for the next pod. <laughs> no, say what you were going to say. I want to hear it. Don't let him silence you. Can I be on the pod intro Hi, for Rich. Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, now i got to get Duke to work on Christmas, too. Ah. Uh, that seems to There's got to be, be like a perfect moment when we finally drop the new intro, like when George is finally on it as as he should. I'm be. not kidding. I I think either Devon Mitchell or Danny Okoye should do our intro. I'll pay them. Nil. We'll do an nil deal. They have fantastic deep voices. I'm in it. We'll leave you out specifically this time, Josh. That's fine. Uh, I, that's good. I don't even think you'd have to pay Danny extra. He'd just leave me out for fun. All right. Uh, I, I I think we do need to get out of here. Uh, hopefully, you guys you know, will enjoy your holidays. We, I'll say this. Yeah, we're tuckered out quite a bit. It's been a long couple of weeks, and uh, we're going to look forward to getting down to San Antonio, but we are going to take a little break with our families. I know my family's driving up here tomorrow, um, so we're going to do a little bit of Christmas before we head down. Uh, Eskridge Lexus will be sending us so uh, thanks to Ed uh, providing our transportation Um, and outside of that uh, Dylan Gabriel keep watching for that on YouTube that'll be out tonight Uh, and then we'll probably go dark for a couple days until we head to San Antonio so uh, that'll do it thanks to Josh thanks to Eddie sort of Uh, thanks to Bob and thanks to George who is a willing participant I appreciate that today george uh all right that's gonna do it we'll see you next time uh a week from now right here on the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com